Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. We hope you'll discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Hey, guess what? You made it to the last day of the fast. Can we celebrate all our campuses? Oh, I am so proud of you. You guys did it. We had thousands of people all across our state. They've been praying. They've been fasting. Some of you gave up uh, caffeine for 21 days, sweets, meat, bread, alcohol, a whole three weeks. And today is day 21. So you are officially crossing the finish line. And as soon as this service is over, you can head right over to Starbucks or Smashburger or Pizza Hut and pig out. No, just kidding. Don't, don't do that. You don't want to do that. Don't go, don't go crazy. Listen to me. Listen. Some of you developed a healthy habit during this fast. So don't wreck what God's doing in your life. Don't just go back to the junk food. And if you have a new discipline, ease back into it, okay? Uh, If you were fasting from social media, don't just go back to scrolling on TikTok for hours. Think about your new diet for your your body, for your mind, for your soul. Hold on to that self-control and feed yourself with the good stuff. Remember, the greatest goal of any fast is drawing closer to Christ, amen? A quick show of hands. How many of you feel more connected to God than you did three weeks ago? Show of hands, okay? Type it in the chat, church online. More in step with the Holy Spirit, all right? Awesome. I hope you are feel, you're just getting a, a sense of the palpable love of Jesus. His, his peace, his power, his contentment, because that's the real breakthrough, guys. It's intimacy with Jesus. That's the number one goal of any fast. You know, during this fast, I've started hearing about some breakthroughs. I got a number of emails I heard from a 26-year-old woman struggling with um, loneliness and depression. And she literally heard God calling her by name during this fast. Her whole mental health outlook has changed. She has this sense of God's closeness that Jesus is with her. Never leave her, forsake her. The Lord's like restored her joy. Uh, I heard from a small business owner who sold their business during the fast. They needed direction and God gave her very clear guidance. And then I received this incredible healing testimony this week. I'll just read it to you. It says this, uh, Dear Pastor Tim, I'd like to tell you my story and the miracle that was given to me. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and shortly after my surgery, I had a heart attack, and a stent was placed in my artery. The doctor at the time said that there was temporary and permanent damage to my heart. Well, on a Sunday after one of the services, my daughter's boyfriend asked for you to pray for me, And you did so by recording a video with him right outside the auditorium, which I watched and prayed and cried. You asked God to heal me from the top of my head to the tips of my toes. Well, through your prayer and fasting, all the others pastors praying for me, my entire small group praying, I have received a true miracle from God. My cardiologist just confirmed there's no damage to my heart now, not temporary or permanent, but the heart is a normal, healthy heart. Praise God. Give God a praise, church. It's amazing, right? She said, this is a miracle. I thank God for his healing. And this is so important. Prayers are heard. Amen. God's listening and miracles do happen through Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. God is still in the healing business. Amen. He really is, guys. So listen, if you haven't seen your breakthrough yet, I just want to level set. That's that's okay. Colleen and I haven't gotten a clear answer yet and a couple things we're fasting for, and that's totally normal. Remember, God always answers prayer in one of three ways, right? He answers with yes or no or not yet because sometimes the timing isn't right in his will. We don't understand that. We don't understand why. Sometimes he wants to do something different in your heart. 
So if you haven't seen your miracle yet, I just want to encourage you, don't quit, right? Say, don't quit, don't quit, don't give up. Keep pressing in with prayer. You keep believing God for it because our church is full of people who've started a year with a fast. They didn't get an answer during those 21 days. But then later that year, weeks later, sometimes months later, God brings a breakthrough even better than they imagined. And they look back and they were, oh, now I see what God was doing. That's what we're doing this, guys. You consecrate your year with prayer and fasting. You know what it is? It's planting seeds for the 11 months to come. So stick close to God. Keep believing him for breakthrough. I want to congratulate you. Today after church, our 21-day fast is officially over. Just in time for Super Bowl nachos. How do you like that timing, okay? Or Valentine's Day chocolate. So I just encourage you, take it easy. Ease yourself back in. And here's, here's something, just as your pastor. Encourage you to ask God this week, Lord, is there something maybe you want me to leave behind? Like maybe, maybe you don't go back to the alcohol. Maybe you don't go back to the Instagram. In other words, during this fast, right, you, you have some new habits. Colleen and I, we started snacking. Stop snacking, I should say, at night, okay? We're, we're off the ice cream. Dairy Queen is dead to me. May she stay dead. We're, we're, we're sleeping better. We're feeling better. And we're not going back. So I want to encourage you, carry that self-control forward, and you stay in step with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, listen, today I want to talk to you about a topic that the Lord really, I think, laid on my heart during the fast. Um, he has just given me a burden for the next generation, and it's a message I'm calling Jesus and Gen Z. Um, you should know, especially if you're new at Liquid, we have a burning passion uh, really to raise up uh, leaders for Christ in the next generation. And here's the deal. You have a part to play in that, every one of us. So understand this is a message for everybody. If you're a senior, you've got a part to play. Turn up your hearing aid. Uh, if you're a boomer, okay, boomer. Any Gen Xers in the house? Okay, best generation, all right. <laughs> We're getting older. We're getting grayer. Millennials, it's your turn at the plate. Do not swing and miss on this one. Because for the first time ever, listen to this, in modern history, there are now five generations in the local church. Never happened before. People are living longer. Generation spans are getting shorter. And so we now have five generations worshiping together at your campus in the local church. Now, just to start this, let me just give you a quick snapshot uh, so you know where you are, starting with the oldest to the youngest. If you think about it, builders, the builder generation, that's the oldest one in the church today. You can see here on the timeline, they were born between 1929 and 1945, and they were called builders because they built so much out of so little. Like, they survived the Great Depression. They fought in World War II. They beat the Nazis. They came home. They got married and helped build post-war America. And if you think of builders, they're very uh, respectful, civil, very loyal. They held traditional family values. Well, they gave birth to the boomers. And they were called baby boomers because there was this boom, like explosion of babies right after World War II. The soldiers came home, started families, and boom, 76 million people, okay, were born in 18 years between 1946 and 1964. Now, here's the deal. Right now, boomers are in transition. Many of them retired from the workforce during COVID. They're like, hey, our kids are grown. We're moving into our sunset years. Maybe we move to Florida, you know, whatever. But then came Gen X, and, and this is interesting. Gen X, did you know this? They were first called baby busters, not Gen X, because the first year of their generation, 1964, the birth control pill was introduced. So instead of a boom, it was a bust. And then on top of that, you had Roe versus Wade. So you had actually a shrinking population, not a booming population. 
Now, I am a Gen Xer. Any, anyone else here? Raise your hand. We're my 80s babies, okay? Yeah, bro. Okay, yeah. Cindy Lauper, you know it, man. Okay. Uh, Striper. Uh, Xers kind of went through a little bit of a darker time growing up in the 70s, okay? Yes, we had Star Wars, but also Vietnam, Watergate, sexual revolution. But we did enjoy one thing. We grew up in the 1980s, which factually is the best decade in human history of rock music and big hair. Def Leppard, baby, Bon Jovi, all right? That's, that's our gift to you, okay? You are welcome. Uh, <laughs> millennials, millennials came along next, and they were called Gen Y, following Gen X, you get it. And they were born between 1981 and 1996. So here's the funny thing. We've, everyone's been right on millennials for 15 years. They're not kids anymore. These are grown adults, and the oldest ones will turn 42 years old this year, okay? This is the largest generation in the workforce today. One in three workers are millennials. Almost half are married, some raising kids, and then finally we get to Gen Z. And these are the young people who really only remember the 21st century. So like 9-11, that's a historical event for many of them. They weren't even born yet. They haven't just grown up with a cell phone. They've grown up with a smartphone, right? They're digital natives. Their their mental health has been a big issue, a lot of anxiety and depression. I want you to think about this. They grew up with mass shootings, the threat of terrorism. So a little bit darker childhood for kids today. And you've got to have, guys, a lot of compassion, just a lot of empathy, curiosity, and understanding. Because here's the reality. Are you ready for this? This this is going to blow your mind. By the year 2025, millennials and Gen Z will compose 70% of the workplace. Is that incredible? Like, that's that's two years from today. It'll be 70% of the workforce. Millennials and Gen Z will be the leaders in industry, leaders in education, leaders in our church. The leading edge of Gen Z actually turns 25 this year, which means this cohort is starting to graduate from college, get jobs, rent apartments. They're old enough to drink, vote, lease a car, lead in the church. But there's huge challenges, all right? Research says Gen Z is much less likely to read the Bible than previous generations. And they're watching a lot of their friends deconstruct their faith, right? Influencers, artists, cultural leaders, everyone's deconstructing institutional Christianity at a very alarming rate. But I'm not here to scare you. It'd be easy to get discouraged. I'm giving you good news. A recent study, this is a Barna study, it showed Gen Z is actually the most spiritually open generation alive today. Check this out. I got a chart. 59% of Gen Z, you see them there far on the left? 59% say they're more open to God today than they were before the pandemic. Whereas look at the boomers. Only 34%. So they're incredibly open to spiritual things. They actually crave to be mentored by authentic Christians who can actually handle hard questions. They want to learn how like, how like things that are important, justice, compassion, God's heart for the poor and the marginalized. How does that fit into a, a life of authentic faith? So I just want to encourage you, don't believe everything you read about Gen Z not being open to faith. In fact, in that post-pandemic survey of all those five generations, builders, boomers, Xers, millennials, Z. Guess which one, which generation you think right now is most likely to come back to church in person? Like now that COVID's over, which generation you think is coming back the most? Anybody want to get a guess? Gen Z. And it's like, why is that? 
because they are sick of their screens and are craving in-person community. Now, guess which generation is least likely to return to church in person? Anybody? Boomers. Because <laughs> during COVID, they just, they just got used to staying home on Sunday. Oh, I like this. I kind of sit on my couch with my coffee. I, they, and they're thinking, I retired from work. Maybe I'll retire from church too. You know, church doesn't need me. Let me be clear. We need you boomers desperately. Even if you don't feel like you need to be at church in person, these kids and students need you in person, okay? They're coming back in droves, craving community while you're home drinking coffee. So I just want to encourage you, put your coffee down, get up off your blessed assurance, boomers. We need your wisdom. We need your strength. If we're going to raise the next generation of the Lord, amen? Now, why do I tell you this? Because during the fast, the Lord highlighted a verse to me that was very, very meaningful when I, when I read this. In fact, I had this thought, this verse I'm about to share. I thought, you know what? This would be a great verse to have written on my tombstone. Now, don't freak out, okay? Nothing's wrong. I'm in good health. I'm not going anywhere. I'm fine. But I read this verse and I thought, if I died and they were going to inscribe one thing on my grave marker, on my tombstone, I was like, this verse would do it. I want to read it to you. It's from Acts chapter 13, verse 36. The Bible says this. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep and he was buried with his ancestors. Like, would that be a cool thing to have said about you? Luke is talking about King David here. And David was 30 years old uh, when he became king and he reigned over Israel 40 years, okay? Entire generation. And notice it says, now when David had, look at this, look, look, say it together in bold, served what? God's purpose, where? In his own generation. Isn't it interesting? God has a specific purpose for every generation. In other words, God sovereignly assigned a reason for you to live right now, when you do, where you do, in this generation. There is a purpose that God has you alive on the planet right now in 2023. It says, after, God, after David served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep, which is a polite way of saying he died. <laughs> he was buried with his ancestor. In other words, David went to heaven to be with his heavenly father and his earthly father and his forefathers and mothers who had gone before him. And I just think it's fascinating that God has this divine purpose for every generation. And I, I just, I, th I think part of God's purpose for my life in starting Liquid was to actually as a Gen Xer stand in the middle of all five generations, okay? Understand on my, uh, on my left, I understand builders. Those are my grandparents who I love. The boomers, I was raised by some and I love them. I get the way they think. I get the values they have. I get how technology intimidates them. You know, what's Java? I don't know, Timmy, you know, text me. <laughs> On the other hand, I love millennials because that's who I work with. And I love Gen Z because I got two of them running around my house, okay? <laughs> they're eating my food still, even though they're still on the payroll in college, man. My kids are Gen Z. And so I just, I just feel like great compassion for all the challenges they're facing. Very different than you and me, okay? Gen Z has grown up their whole lives with their smartphone. This thing shapes everything from middle school on. Did you know this? The average kid on social media receives over 10,000 messages a day, 10,000. Just imagine trying to process this. This is the most anxious generation in history, very high levels of anxiety because our brains weren't hardwired to take in that much stimulation. 
Anybody want to guess the number one word that college students use to describe their life? Easy word. Overwhelmed. 94% of college students say, I'm overwhelmed. That describes my life. I want you to think about this. Gen Z has had a front row seat to every school shooting, every act of war and terrorism since they were eight years old. They actually watch it in real time on their phone as it's happening. Meanwhile, social media, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, bombards them with social pressure. So watch this. They both desperately want to fit in, but they also want to stand out. And suddenly they realize, I can't do both. They have instant access to pornography. They don't go looking for it. It finds them, okay? So the sexual pressures and issues are overwhelming. And then the gender confusion and the questions they're asking are happening earlier and earlier. And watch this. They're getting super mixed messages from the media, from their schools, from the government, from the church. They're not sure, who do, who do I believe? Because I've been through two recessions and they saw their childhood interrupted by a global pandemic, guys. Like my kids spent two years of high school on Zoom, okay? Gen Z, Zoomers. <laughs> And the grown-up Gen Zers, who are actually like 25, they're watching interest rates skyrocket. Houses that are at an all-time high, and they think, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to afford this. I'm, I'm starting life behind. I am overwhelmed. And so I just want to encourage you to have a lot of empathy, man. I, I think we actually need to lean in and learn how to listen and love on them with a lot of compassion, patience, and care. Amen? You agree with that? The scripture says... Now, when David had served God's purpose, everyone say God's purpose, in his own generation, say generation, he fell asleep and he was buried with his ancestors. Now, I read that verse and I just realized, I think one of the purposes God put me on this planet was for me to stand between builders and boomers on this side, millennials and Gen Z on that side. And God put me in the middle to serve as a translator to help build a, a bridge between the generations because I, I understand and love each one of them. I really do. And my heart just kind of beats and burns with a passion to see what, what I would call a generational transfer. Where the baton, it's like a relay race, where the baton of faith is successfully passed from one generation to the next. Everyone say transfer. The onus is on us to transfer faith to Generation Z. I'm talking now to everybody 24 years or older. It is part of your God-given purpose to pass on, to transfer, to transmit, and raise up the next generation of leaders for Christ. I want to challenge you today with a scripture that comes from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Very easy to remember. 2 Timothy 2, 2, okay? The Apostle Paul was an older believer, okay? He was kind of in the boomer, becoming a builder stage. And he was a mentor to a young kid named Timothy. Actually, P.S., time out, pause. You know what my middle name is? My full name is Timothy Paul. Unpaused, okay, get that? See that? And so Paul, the older generation, writes a letter to Timothy, the next generation, to encourage him in the faith. And Paul writes to his young apprentice, Timothy. This is so cool. He says, you then, what's he call him? My what? My, my son. He's not his biological son. He's a spiritual father. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So Paul was not a biological father to Timothy. He was a spiritual father in the faith. And he taught Timmy all about the gospel of grace and faith in Jesus Christ. And this is an amazing picture of generational transfer. Because Paul's older now. Look, see it? He's got a little bit of gray beard, okay? He can't use, the, you know, little, little, you know, what did they put that? What did they put in that? I don't do it. Clint does it. They, they, put, <laughs> they put some dye in the beard. Paul's got a gray beard. He's an old man, and he's mentoring Timmy. 
He's teaching him what it means to be a leader for Christ in Ephesus, which is like a crazy pagan city. And I want you to think about this. Paul's like, I just got to sit down, okay? I don't have as much energy as you young whippersnappers. And he starts sharing from his decades of experience, traveling the world, suffering for the gospel, fighting and contending for Christ. And then he teaches Timothy, he says, lean in, I'm going to teach you the secret. Do you want to know the secret of generational transfer? Do you you guys know what it is? How do you reach a generationally diverse congregation like ours? Read this with me. In fact, I want to make this interactive. Let's do something fun. Everybody hold up your hand right now. Even at home, church online, hold up your hand like this. All five fingers, okay? Now make a fist, okay? I want you to count, as I read this verse, how many generations Paul mentions. Okay, you count them on your fingers. Here we go. Ready? The Apostle Paul tells Timmy, he says, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust them to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. How many fingers you got up? How many you got, Denise? You got five. You got, you got them? You see it? Some of you got three. You're like, I only got three. No, no. Count them again with me. Here we go. Ready? And the things, watch this. He says, the things you have heard me, you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, that's three, and trust to reliable people, watch this, who will be qualified to teach others. In other words, Paul's outlining a strategy for a successful generational transfer of faith between five generations. Essentially, he says, Timmy, first, I'm going to, I'm going to mentor you, okay? I'm going to hand this to you, Timmy. And the things that I teach you, watch this, other witnesses have been listening, haven't they? And I want you to turn around and teach them to reliable people, and they'll be qualified to teach others. It's like a relay race. Each generation passing the baton of faith to the next one in line. And so Paul's saying, when you got multiple generations at church, man, you have to intentionally raise up, listen to me, seasoned mentors, that's older adults, who will pass on their wisdom, who will pass on their influence, who will pass on their experience walking with the Lord over years and pass that baton of faith to the next generation of younger believers. And he says, that's how you win the race. And so I thought, you know, I'd like to show you what a successful generational transfer looks like in real life. I want to tell you a story that comes right out of this church and it involves a young boy who grew up at Liquid. Now, I'm not going to tell you his name, okay? Instead, I'm going to let his mentors tell you his story, okay? This boy grew up, actually, in our Liquid Family program. He began going to Liquid Family in elementary school. He went all the way through middle school. He had a small group leader in his high school years, a college uh, career, and and then eventually into a young adulthood. And what's cool is there were three male mentors, several men who just stepped in and invested in this young boy's life as he grew up right here at Liquid. And the impact they had on him was literally life changing. So we asked those mentors just to tell his story without revealing his identity. This is pretty cool. Check this out. My name is Nicholas Damari. Uh, I work for Rise Against Hunger. And I first met him in Liquid Family. Uh, I believe it was elementary school where I was his small group leader. The relationship was pretty cool where I had the opportunity to just really invest some time into him and really see where he's coming from and answer any of his questions. My name is Joel Greger. I am an instructor mentor. So my company does training for people on safety regulations. I guess the first time I met him is um, I 
I was a high school mentor for a group in Madison at the time, and we would always go down to what's called an experience night, where all of the high school groups would meet together. But when I really got to know him was when I actually mentored his group. My name is Dennis McDowell, and I am a sourcing professional in the corporate trade industry. I was given the opportunity to serve as a small group leader in the elementary phase. So I first met him, he was nine years old, and he was actually one of my students as he progressed and moved towards um, middle school and towards high school. He then volunteered uh, in the elementary phase and that relationship changed from a student leader to now almost co-team leaders. It just naturally and organically just turned into a wonderful friendship. So I decided to serve with Liquid Family because I remember back when I was younger and I remember that uh, the teachers the, the love and support they poured into me, and I knew I wanted to be able to make that same difference for the people uh, and for kids that I was able to help. I'd certainly say to anybody on the fence about serving, go out and do it, because you never really know in which direction it could take you, and all it takes is for one person to just feel inspired uh, and supported by you, and that's what really makes the whole difference. To me, uh, when it comes to being with kids and mentoring them is consistency. That was advice that I got, actually, a long time ago when I helped with other high school kids is if you're there every week, then they're more willing to open up to you and get to know you. At the age of 12, someone made an investment in my life. And I think it's also important to kind of return that back and make that investment towards the next generation. And what's really important is for us to realize that God is always at work and he accomplishes this task he executes on everything that he wants to do. And from time to time, he invites us to get involved. For me, it's been really awesome to see him grow and develop. For someone who's known him for a better part of his life and just being able to see him grow, see him develop uh, and follow those dreams and those desires has just been so inspiring. I'm just really excited about that. I thought it was so great seeing him move from, you know, just a, a teenage guy to a man. And he's not just a man, he's a man of God, and that's something to be really proud of. So as I see him grow, and I've watched him grow over the years, I am so extremely proud of him. And I am grateful to God for giving me the opportunity to witness it. It does matter. Your life, your service will make a difference in the next generation. Guys, can you guess who it is? That young boy turned out to be Alex Suarez. Can we thank you, Alex? Thank you. Dude, all has grown up. He grew up going to Liquid Family Elementary, yeah? Yep. Small group in middle school, mentored in high school, graduated college, and now we hired him on staff to help lead you. So Alex, just tell folks real quickly, what do you do here at Liquid? Yeah, so I have the privilege of serving uh, as campus manager at our broadcast campus here in Parsippany. Um, and my role is to help people like you connect into community and use your gifts to serve Jesus as well as the next generation. Now, Alex, I'm going to brag on him a little bit, embarrass him. He, they, they just, Gen Z loves that. Uh, he's a, sorry, man. He's one of the finest young leaders for Christ I know. And the reason he's standing here today, think about this, is three adult men, okay, Dennis, Nick, and Joel stepped up 
to mentor Alex at every age and stage. Now, actually, what are you, what are you holding here? You brought out some, some luggage tags, it looks like. Yes. <laughs> so when I moved into my office here at Liquid, I wanted a visual reminder of all the small group leaders and mentors who invested in me all the way from elementary school through college. And so here are the names of some of the people. Uh, Nick, Joel, you saw in the video as well. Dennis, uh, Mike, Orpheus, Jason, Sean, just to name a few. Um, and they're why I'm here today. It's because of the investment of these incredible men. There's literally like a dozen men on... Guys, do you see this? These are the seeds that adult mentors planted, and Alex is the fruit. It is this incredible picture of generational transfer that Paul wrote about, right? He says, the things you heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, I want you to entrust them to reliable people who will then be qualified to watch us teach others. That's how generational transfer works, guys. Alex, tell us maybe just like one or two things about these men, what they taught you about faith and Christian character. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can start with Orpheus. He was actually my uh, small group leader when I was in middle school. Um, and so at that time, my parents were kind of dragging me to church every Sunday, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, Done but it. He, uh, he really poured into me and uh, he helped me develop uh, a faith that stuck. He was a, a cool, fun-loving guy who was authentic with his faith. Um, and I loved that he was a healthy, God-loving role model mm -hmm. and somebody that I could follow and aim to be like. And the cool thing is he actually moved on. He's living in Hawaii now, and yet we still stay in touch. We text, we FaceTime, so that's been really cool. Maybe we could take a road trip. Come, come see Orpheus <laughs> in Hawaii. Just invite us. We'll crash at your Airbnb. Exactly. Okay, Orpheus, what, uh, another leader on here. Tell uh, me Dennis, else you guys saw him in the video oh, yeah. as well. Um, I still remember him being my camp counselor at Camp Rock way back in elementary school. Um, I had such a great time learning from Dennis and just playing fun games with him. Um, but at the end of the week, we actually found out from the other leaders that Dennis had used his vacation time and taken a week off of work just to be a leader at this camp. Um, and my group and I, we were totally shocked. I'll never forget, though, what Dennis's response was. He just turned to me and he said, make me one promise that when you're older, you'll do the same for the next generation. And those words have stuck with me and are why I try to live out the life that I live today. Um, and so when I got to high school, I decided to start serving a liquid family on a more regular basis. Um, and guess who was my liquid family team coach? Dennis. Um, and so we got to serve alongside each other, and I got the opportunity to learn from such a wise and humble leader such as Dennis. That is absolutely incredible. Can we thank the male mentors who poured into this incredible event? Dennis, Joel, Nick, you guys are, are rock stars. You're my heroes, man. Listen, friends, what's the purpose the greatest purpose of the older generation, I'm talking to you boomers, I'm talking to me, Gen X, elder millennials, it's to raise up the next generation, Gen Z, and watch this, the alphas too, to make their faith their own. This is the first truly like post-Christian generation in America. So understand, the kids you're loving on today, they're literally the future leaders of your church tomorrow. You understand that? Can we thank Alex, man? Just so grateful for you, brother. Here, I'll give you your tags, oh, man. Thank you. Let's go, go text Orpheus. We're coming. Uh, it's, guys, he just represents dozens and dozens of boys and girls who are now men and women on fire for Christ. Parents, parents, listen to me. That is what we want for your kids, for your daughter, for your son. And good news, you are part of a church with an abundance of young children and teens. Like, just, just to give you a taste of the harvest that's standing before us, three weeks ago, we had 796 kids and students across all of our campuses. That is unbelievable, guys. Understand something? That is seven times the size of the average church in America. We have now seen 
262% growth year over year. So we've more than doubled our kids and teens than this time last year. God's literally leading the generations through our doors. In fact, while Pastor Zach was preaching the other week, I went and visited some of the classrooms. Holy moly. There were 80 kids in middle school at one service, okay? Not enough mentors, all right? It's, it's literally like, it's, it's like the warden surrounded by the inmates, man. I pray for Mike in there, man. Ele- middle school was packed, elementary. The nursery was busting at the seams with babies, all right? I see some of you were very busy during the pandemic, okay? I just see what's going on here. What's my point? You are not part of a normal church. How many of you knew that? <laughs> You are part of a growing, flourishing, multi-generational church with an abundance of kids and teens. And that is not normal. The majority of churches in North America are plateaued or declining with a handful of kids. They're not keeping pace generationally. But you guys understand, Liquid's not normal. God is doing something special in your church. He's bringing five generations to our family. Six, actually, if you count the alpha generation in the nursery. They just start over. Z, A, they go back. Here's the problem. We got a ton of young Timothys, but not enough Pauls. You know, I thank God for our volunteers and Liquid family, but they are overwhelmed. They are outmanned and we need your help. We need every man and woman who will step up and serve as mentors for Gen Z. And so as your pastor, I just want to look you in the eye today and ask you with all the intensity I can muster, will you help your church today? I want to ask every able-bodied man and woman, you got breath, you got breath in your lungs, man, sign up to serve today, wherever you can, whenever you can. Even if it's once or twice a month, you can mentor a middle school student. You could be a buddy for a special needs kid at your campus. You could read stories to toddlers, rock babies in the nursery. You could help a high schooler. Don't just sit there, step up and get in on what God's doing in your church. We need you. So in a few minutes, we're going to hand you a tag on your way out today, a luggage tag, just like that Alex had there. And we're going to send you out to the lobby at your campus for a Liquid Family Expo. And I want you to take your tag, look around, and I want you to sign up to volunteer somewhere today, okay? If you pull out your program, take it out, everybody take it out, kind of wave it around. In your program today, you're going to see a list of the roles where we need help. Now, each of these is critical to the success of your kids, teaching them about Jesus. And you can see, man, there's all these different roles. You can hold babies in our nursery. You could jump around and worship with the toddlers, lead a small group for elementary students or, or mentor middle schoolers. We would love for you to serve on Sundays in any of these environments. They're creative, they're interactive. There's lots of different roles. You can see we even have this thing called JV Squad. Those are student volunteers from our middle school. These are fifth to eighth graders, and they serve with the toddlers, early childhood special needs. It's one generation serving the next. How cool is that, okay? And listen to me, I get it. Some of you are like, I don't, I'm not gifted to work with kids. I don't really vibe. But if you don't want to work directly with kids, volunteer with Liquid Family Guest Services. Some of us, we just need adults help checking in new families, just welcoming them, ensuring they have an awesome experience. Or sign up to be a buddy to a child with special needs, okay? Help them make friends, learn lifelong lessons about the love of God. You don't have to have experience. You just have to have a big heart, a big heart for our kids to serve. Now listen, in two minutes, we're going to hand you that tag and send you out to the lobby at your campus for Liquid Family Expo where you can sign up to serve today. And I promise you're going to have a ton of fun. You're going to serve alongside some of our very best leaders. No experience to say, we'll train you. We will feed you. And here's my promise. I pledge we will not burn you out, okay? Serving just once or twice a month will make a huge difference. 
And if you're at church online or you're watching on demand, don't worry, you can participate as well. Just click the link, liquidchurch.com slash expo. You're going to see custom videos that'll introduce you to each of our next-gen ministry areas. And if you attend one of our New Jersey locations, you can get involved, serve at your campus. I also know we got friends watching from Texas, Arizona, Oregon, Pennsylvania. If you're out of state, you can still join the mission. We've got opportunities to serve a church online. Maybe you have the gift of hospitality. Be a chat host. Are you a prayer warrior? Pray for those who ask for prayer during our services. Again, you'll see all those opportunities at liquidchurch.com expo. Now listen, before I send you out, I want to close with this. I want to show you something really, really cool. I, I took a selfie last week with a family, I'll put it up on the screen, who came up to me in the lobby last Sunday. And the parents, that's Ashley and Ryan, they said, Pastor Tim, we want you to meet our daughter, Arabella. That's, that's, that's her right there, a little cutie. She's nine years old. And, and mom, she said, she said, you understand? She's the reason we're here. I said, how so? She said, well, my husband and I weren't Christians. We weren't believers when Arabella started coming to Liquid. And she sent me an email explaining it. She said, my daughter Arabella started going to Liquid around two years old with my mom in Mountainside. This is so fascinating. When she would come home singing these songs about Jesus, my husband and I, in all honesty, we'd, we'd roll our eyes in ignorance and teach her all about other religions and beliefs. But that little girl's faith was so strong and she believed and loved Jesus in a way I've never seen in a child. No matter what we said or tried to teach her ourselves, now, looking back, the little nudge I kept getting that I should send her to church with my mom was so clearly the Lord at work for our whole family. So Arabella kept praying year after year. She is now almost nine years old and her prayers have finally been answered. Here we are, an example of how powerful, pure faith and prayer can be. Yes, even in a young child, or should I say, especially in a child, listen to this, because she prayed her parents to salvation. And now I pray every day and thank Jesus the way she always has. Give God a praise. Like, boom. Guys, do you catch this? A little Gen Z girl met Jesus and watch this, led her millennial parents to the Lord all because her boomer grandma took her to church. Guys, you see this. When, when, when you invest next generation, you have no idea of the impact you're having, not just on a single child, but entire family. Guys, that's a generational transfer. You know, sometimes you change a life and sometimes you change a legacy. Like what greater joy and purpose could there be in life? When David had served God's purpose in his generation, he said, that's all folks, I'm out. He fell asleep. I pray hundreds of you will wake up today if you've been sitting on the sidelines snoozing, I pray you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you, telling you, drawing you, get involved, help serve Gen Z. I believe they are a generation who's gonna change the world for Christ and God's just getting started, amen? Amen, let's pray together. Father, thank you for the blessing of being part of a flourishing local church where all five generations are growing and active. And so now as we step out of our seats and we step up to serve, I pray, would you reveal where each adult fits best, where we can make an eternal impact on a child's life? Jesus, I pray for more kids like Arabella. God, I pray for more young adults like Alex. I pray for Generation Z and Alphas that you would connect them to godly mentors. Raise them up, God. Raise them up as future leaders for Christ and of our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen and amen. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.